This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. It's Monday, March 6, 2006. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Veronica Belmont. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, Tina's podcast of indeterminate length. You're on the phone. I'm on the phone. What episode number is it? Episode number 179. Oh, hey. good. I up, that. Coming up on the show, we'll talk about PlayStation 3 possibly being delayed, the hacking hmm. of OS X, and the saving of BlackBerry. But first, let's talk about the Oscars. Oh, uh, did you guys watch? We yes. did, actually, together. Oh, <laughs> I didn't get the call. I didn't get the memo about uh, this. That's because we're in the West Bay. Yeah, that's true. You wouldn't have come. I, I wouldn't have. <laughs> it was, it was, it was raining. a powwow. It was raining really hard. Man, it was awful yesterday. Um, yeah, I watched, you know, like nine hours worth of Oscar stuff and then was pretty burned out by the time I even got to the show. Yeah. Or by the time I got like two hours into the marathon of a show. But uh, one interesting email we got from Aaron, which I noticed too, he was saying he wants to nominate the Academy for a buzz off. Boy, really? The Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences, and the Oscars telecast because there were a number of, and I noticed this, a number of kind of snotty comments about watching movies anywhere other than the theater. Except for Jon Stewart, who made a couple snotty comments about piracy. He did. But mostly in the other direction, I think. (laughs) He made a lot of good snotty comments about a lot of things. What was it he was talking about when he said, if you don't know what this is, go upstairs, your children are up there pirating music, and ask them. I I missed that one. That's (laughs) He was talking about ludicrous. Yeah, ludicrous. You don't know who we're talking about, but just go upstairs and ask your kids. (laughs) They're illegally downloading (laughs) his songs right now. (laughs) Anyway, he said apparently... The, during the president of the academy's speech, who which, listens to that, Aaron? Who listens to that? My I gosh, you deserve it. a medal for suffering through that. I know. He said he must not have TiVo. Poor thing. He said um, he made a remark about how nobody ever making a movie has said to themselves that shot will look great on the DVD. And then he went on to explain that the reason we go to the movies is so we can see them on the large screen with sound coming from everywhere and to experience the movie with total strangers, which, yeah, what? Well, granted, Wait, you he can... Said that? Yeah, hold on. Yeah. Let's, let's break that down because Aaron breaks it down, too, in his, in his email. Seeing it on the large screen, Aaron says, well, I can do that at home. Well, you could sort of do it at home. But, well, okay, a big, you know, movie theater-sized screen, you can't really do at home. No, but, you know, those big cineplexes now... You can get a projector screen that's about the size of the, of the screens in those little get-to-know-your-neighbor. And the smaller ones, sure. Theaters, yeah. yeah. But there's still something about seeing it on the really, really huge screens. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. Then he says, surround sound coming from everywhere. Well, absolutely, you can get that in your house. Right. It may not be exactly the same quality, but it's pretty darn close. Mm-hmm. And then he says... But I do like that experience the movie with total strangers. And he says, this last one is per- especially perplexing, as I hate having other people in the theater. <laughs> That's the worst part. I know, I can't stand it. But then and he also, and then later on, they did that montage, one of the 90 million montages of movies that you had to see on the big screen, basically. And they had Jake Gyllenhaal read this thing where he said, <laughs> you know, you, you have to see it on the big screen. And, you know, it's just not the same on TV. And then he goes, and try watching it on a portable DVD. And then he snickers. Kind of. Yeah, insert the <laughs> noun that you need here. And then he kind of stopped. You could tell he was just like, oh, God, what am I saying? <laughs> and then it was awesome. this whole long montage of movies you have to see on the big screen, including movies that are like 50 years old. Like, really nice sentiment, Academy. Um, I can't see those on the big screen. There is something cool about going to the theater, the communal experience people talk about all the time. I don't uh, want to totally discount that. But I think most of it is caused by going with friends, right? 
Yeah. It's not so much the strangers. It's going, sitting quietly in this big cathedral-like place, watching this huge movie being totally transported, then afterward dissecting what was wrong with it with your friends. Right. <laughs> but that's <assuming laughs> Totally that ripping is, it apart. That's assuming that anyone is ever sitting quietly, which, frankly, the last 90 times I've been to the movies is not the case. I've had really? someone answer their cell phones in movies the past, like, two or three huh. times yeah. they've gone. Or I talk. have not had near that. I mean, I've had you a know, few of those experiences. I really, really love watching not. the previews. People do not have enough respect for the previews. They talk right through the previews. Oh, I'm I like, talk during the previews. Oh, you're ah! one of them. I talk about the previews. Oh. Well, maybe like not in a very loud voice, just I'm like little gonna, comments. I'm not oh, going to yeah. go on my cell phone and answer my calls oh, no way. and do no, all that, you know? No, yeah, but people, like, they sit there and they're still talking or they're answering their calls or people are constantly, like, sneaking in and out of the movie when I'm there. Like, really? I, no, I agree. I've definitely well, You go to had, different movie theater than I do. Yeah, I clearly go to the movies in worse neighborhoods. But you know what? I've tried <laughs> theaters all over mm-hmm. the greater Bay Area, and I'm telling you, people are way ruder than they used to be, and I just, I can't stand going to the movies. I think I only saw about two of the Oscar-nominated films, and I saw the little, like, art house ones, like Good Night and Good Luck, because... That's just old people who never talk. (laughs) I have a different problem. I actually love going to the theater, and I don't have nearly these problems. Century 20 in Daly City is really packed. It's hard to get in. It's hard to park. That's the frustrating part to me. Once I'm in the theater, it's usually pretty good. I go to the Metreon, and that's like Teenager Central. The Metreon Mm -hmm. is really bad. Well, the Metreon, you got to go at a time when the teenagers aren't there. That's another thing is the timing, right? We're getting a little local, though, for people who don't live in our neighborhood. And a little off topic. topic. I'm sure people have similar experiences. However, that doesn't change the fact that we're driven. Yeah. <laughs> Let's rein in the drift, shall we, with a little uh, more talk of movies. <laughs> George Lucas says big budget movies are dead. Dead, I tell you. In How overdramatic ironic. George Lucas dialogue fashion. I know of all people. This Doesn't really... it seem like to be coming out of like the strangest person's mouth? But to be Padme, saying this? Yeah. the movies are dead. It's very interesting, though. He it, This is on Slashdot um, through the New York Daily News. He says that big budget movies will soon be history because the market forces that exist today make it unrealistic to spend $200 million on a movie. And he says the movies can't make their money back anymore. Look at what happened with King Kong. Right. In his, in his words, <laughs> I predict that by 2025, I'd love to know the calculation for that, the average movie will cost only $15 million to make. You know what's unrealistic, George? Ten bucks for The Phantom Menace. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's unrealistic. <laughs> Burn. Yeah. I think this is pretty interesting though and it makes sense because it I wonder if it's almost a response to piracy which is like if you're not going to be able to make back the money because people don't like going to the movies for a variety of reasons and the definitely theater attending attendance is down I wonder if the response is to make cheaper movies. I think it will be. I absolutely think it will be. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's just going to like I think George hit it. I mean, I jokes aside, he hit it on the head which is it doesn't pay off. To right. spend all of this money anymore, the the industry is a different playing field than it used to be. It's true, you know. Uh, so the, movies aren't going to die; they're not going to go away. We're still going to go out and see movies, so, but it's it's going to have to be cheaper movies and hopefully cheaper ticket prices. Well, and I think that's. I mean, I think this year's Oscars almost seem to bear that out that these were not all gigantic budget movies. Right. And in fact, that was part of their their fear that no one was going to watch the Oscars because all the movies were, you know, a lot of these movies are still in limited release. Like, I'm not even sure that Brokeback Mountain is in na- nationwide release yet. Oh, I'll tell you something. I watched Walk the Line on Saturday on DVD for the first time. Yeah. An Oscar nominated I, I had movie. almost not seen any of the movies. I saw King Kong. Yeah, I saw King Kong. And really, that was about it. Yeah. Like, I just didn't see a lot of movies this year. I didn't either. I saw... 
I think I had seen three or four of the various nominated films, but of the Best Picture ones, I think I'd only seen Good Night and Good Luck. Wow. Well, I have to say, Molly, I I, I do apologize for uh, not inviting you over, even though I know you probably wouldn't have been able to make it to watch the Oscars. But if you and I had blackberries, I could have just emailed you and got a hold of you <laughs> right away. And if we had blackberries, we'd be very happy because blackberry has been saved. They're saved. Now, obviously, the story happened on Friday, but it happened after the news broke after we taped our podcast. But um, yes, it appears that BlackBerry has finally said, okay, you know what? We're just going to throw money at the problem. <laughs> a lot of money. A lot of money, which they'd been resisting. and But it turned out like the settlement is not that, I mean, relatively speaking, the settlement's not that much more. $612 million? Is that yeah. Right? 612.5. 612.5. Then the proposed settlement, which was 450, 450 million. Whew. Yeah, you know it, the thing is the BlackBerry, and I, I think somebody emailed in this article from the New York Times. BlackBerry has more to worry about now than just they need to get this patent case out of the way because people are coming after them. Yeah. Trios are a competition. Microsoft says they're going to get into the space, so BlackBerry needs to to focus on its business. Well, I feel like a lot totally of people true. also switched their services when all this was going down. Or I'm at least sure some people, a lot of people did. I know. I'm really surprised that BlackBerry held out. That Rim held out as long as they did on mm-hmm. settling because people, entire companies, were freaking out, thinking they were going to lose BlackBerry. And, and like you said, yeah, they were switching the trios. Right. And. I, I think that you know. I think that they really, 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 really thought the patents would get thrown out. Yeah. Yeah, I think they thought they were going to win, and they just they were wrong. Yeah. And man, they're going to be bumming if all those NTP patents do get thrown out. In which case, they should sue that judge who wouldn't uh, hold up. The case. <laughs> sue a judge. Nice. <laughs> Very American. I don't know. <laughs> if there's anywhere you can, it's the United States. Anyway, uh, hooray, Black Racing. Speaking of bumming, when we come back, we'll talking about the delay of the PlayStation 3 OS 10 getting hacked and the return, the rise of one phone company, Ma Bell. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. PlayStation 3. Mm. Boo. Boo to Variety Magazine for putting this huge ad with Philip Seymour Hoffman's face in front of this article. I can't even read it. Oh, really? And there's nowhere to go. There's There's a lot of very big flashy ads on this um, website, actually. There are, yeah. It kind of goes on and on. But basically, the short version is that uh, the, the Sony... CEO, Howard Stringer, confirmed suspicions to Variety magazine that the PlayStation 3 won't be released until the holiday season 2006. Holiday season meaning what? November-ish? Yeah. Yeah. Making it apparently the last of the next-gen consoles. When's the revolution coming out? Well, I thought... I thought it was coming out around the same time. It was going to be about the same time, yeah. I just don't know what to do anymore. I really wanted a PS3, but I don't know if I can wait that long. I know. I That's just a long know. time. You're going to go for an Xbox 360, Vree? I'm never going to go for an Xbox 360. So you have to wait that long. It was either going to be the Revolution mm-hmm. or the PS3. Which are point. going to come out around the same time. I so. know, but I, know. <laughs> I don't want to go wait Go for anymore. Zelda. Go for Link. I know. I do love Zelda. Mario. I love Zelda love so you. much. I've been a Nintendo girl almost my whole life until oh. PS2. Uh-huh. So I think it might be time to go back. I, I have both so. the uh, yeah. the GameCube and the PS2. Yeah. Because PS3 at this point is just like a string of bad news, and that just does not bode well. It's just, it, it, it is not, um, it just feels really bloated and like too much going on, too much surrounding it. I just kind of want to, yeah. 
I almost don't want to even support it. At I this think point. the revolution could be a surprise. Maybe not winner. They may not knock Xbox 360 out of the lead. They they could surprise people though. Right. The, uh, so. They quietly come up the ranks. Mm-hmm. We have definitely had a lot of CNET readers and listeners email us and say that they think the the revolution is going to be a lot cooler than people had had expected. Well, it's like the Nintendo DS. No one expected it to be as cool as it is, but then it came out with better games, and now it's overselling the PSP, right? Yeah. So well, it could be the same kind of thing. And people do, like, just like you were just saying, people have that totally long, like, old-school emotional attachment to Nintendo. Right. Right. So if they can if they can come out with some really awesome games, which I think that they will, yep. and if they can keep the hype down and keep it just a really awesome product, the same way the DS was, I think... I think they'll do well for themselves. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. PS3 at this point is just like overexposed. Yeah, definitely. And too I'm much sick of, of hearing about it. I'm I sick know. of it. Speaking of overexposed, the opposite of that is OS X's security vulnerabilities, <laughs> which to, the, to date have been underexposed, thankfully, because we don't have viruses trawling all over the place or worms. Uh, <laughs> but we have a story on News.com today about an OS X hack, or an OS X box being put up on the net and lasting less than 30 yeah. minutes before someone gained root access, which Gaining is the all-powerful access on any Internet operating system. Is easy pickings. Basically, this yeah. guy said he looked around for misconfigurations at first, but decided to go with some unpublished exploits to be able to gain the root access. Where did he get these unpublished exploits from? Yeah, what? Probably news groups or IRC chats or, you know. Does that make them published? Well, you know, unpublished, if I think, just means group? unpopular. In other words, they're not widely known, perhaps. Okay. Or maybe there's something he knows himself. I don't know. Or now she. This, we so don't really was, know who the word no was. A challenge. It wasn't just a, an out there in the Mac. A, a Mac enthusiast, Sweden-based Mac enthusiast set up his Mac Mini as a server and invited hackers to break through the computer security and gain root control. And by the way, 30 minutes is actually, there's that whole study that said that that's about as long as an unprotected PC Will last in the wild. Is it? Is it? Is it around thirty? I thought it was even less. I think I thought it's, it was like it's 20. less than thirty minutes. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I don't like all these new um, advancements but, in the poking security holes into OX10. Well, what's interesting is that you're OS dealing 10, with sorry. Unix here, so it's it's supposedly a much more secure environment. Right. Uh, so I, I haven't dug into this much more, but I would wonder if it's something to do with the OS10 implementation, or if there was just you know some really good Unix hackers out there. I don't but also, it's very—it's interesting that in a way, I don't—I wonder if this is true, and I don't know. But because Unix gives you, because there is that whole concept of of sudo and root access and superuser, that does that concept exist? Is there a parallel on Windows in terms of gaining like ultimate control? Well, with XP, with XP, it's worse actually because you can gain, you can give that admin power to many, many people. So. Yeah. You know. But does admin power have as much power as a root user? Yes, it should. Uh, hmm. You sound skeptical. Well, because, you know, you always sound so definitive, and I feel like our listeners will send us 50 million emails about it. Well, they always will. <laughs> whether we're right or wrong. So and whether I they're have, right or wrong. I open that to the larger population as well. Admin is, is virtually the same as root, though. It gives you all the all the powers you need to take over a machine yeah, in but Windows. It, but is it, so then can you gain admin access within 30 minutes? I guess that's what I'm wondering. Of a Windows machine? Yeah. Oh, sure. I'm pretty sure that's that's the way. Absolutely. Oh, sure. I've totally done it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> now you're just baiting. I know. I can't help it. I'll just because you I'll can't stop. see me. It's true. It's true. I don't know because, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like talking over instant message. Like the, the nuances don't get transmitted. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> we all need to bond together in the face of the AT&T behemoth that's coming after us. Ooh. That is true. I'm afraid. 
So AT&T to buy Bell South for $67 billion. <laughs> and uh, one of the ways that proponents are saying this is a good thing is that we have all of these alternatives now like VoIP and uh, cable companies. Uh, so these having the telcos consolidated is actually good for the market because wow. they they'll be a nice big power to shut off any kind of other competition. That's just silly. <laughs> That's I know I like exactly. <laughs> Give me a break. It's like there's a lot of competition out there, so it's great that these companies can become monopolies again and shut it all down. What? Especially when these are the two big companies, AT and T and Bell South, along with Verizon, who uh, is not being acquired here, but those companies are the ones really pushing for the tiered internet. Yeah. For the internet that is controlled by them, and you have to pay extra to go faster on. Yeah, i.e. the companies that are pushing for total telecom domination. No thank you. So now we've gone down from fighting three companies, possibly more, to fighting two mm-hmm. if AT&T buys Bell South. How long before AT&T buys Verizon? Yeah, seriously. I, I think it's a long time, but it well, could happen. It sounds like that what they, this article points out is the possibility that, that, that this move could spur Verizon to try to make some acquisitions of its own. Apparently, Verizon CEO has mentioned in the past that he's interested in buying Vodafone's 45% stake in the wireless company, so they might make similar moves overseas, and then pretty soon they would control the telecom world. Yeah. World. World. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Isn't this the part where federal, federal regulators are supposed to get involved? But they won't. Well, but there's not, not a really monopoly. There's not a monopoly. It's huge, but it's not a monopoly yet. I think there are... Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It hasn't gone down yet, but it probably will. Nobody thinks it's not going to happen. And then they'll own. So then they'll own all of Singular Wireless. PWN. Yep. Whereas now they own part of it. Well, AT and T owns sixty percent of Singular, and Bell South owns forty percent. So AT and T pretty much runs it. But right. now they'll own it one hundred percent, lock, stock, and barrel. Exactly. It would be very interesting to see. I, what I want to know is how many um, sports stadiums there are out there with Bell South in the name. <laughs> there are a few. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So then the, that name change after the SBC name mm-hmm. changes, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I think that's the least of our concerns. Ugh, it's terrifying. Uh, real quickly, 70%, 75% of the United States has no interest in watching television on a cell phone. We've talked about this a lot. Count but according to a survey conducted by RBC Capital Markets, uh, roughly 1,000 people, 75% said, no, nope, I don't want to watch TV on my cell phone. Interesting. Now, but that's different than watching video on your cell phone. And now, here's the distinction I've made in the past. I think people do want to watch some video on their cell phone. I maybe highlights, too. clips, trailers, okay, especially maybe. for free. Okay. But television, for free. am I going to watch a whole 30-minute to a 60-minute show or a movie on my cell phone? No way. Yeah, I don't know. It also says about 70% said they didn't see themselves using their cell phones for musical entertainment. I fall into that category as well. That you has know what? never been a convergence that's worked out well. Like cell phones with MP3 players, no one really wants that. I think because it has to go the other way, and none of the carriers want it to. In other right. words, you have to put cell phone capability into the other device. Mm-hmm. That's why Trio has caught on, I think, is because it's cell phone capability put into a PDA. Right. Versus going the other direction. I think that's what has to happen is your iPod or your Creative Zen has to have the capability of also becoming a phone while still being that so that you can actually take the calls while you're listening to your music. I don't think people want a phone that plays music. I am on my on my iPod more than I am on my cell phone. Honestly, like walking yeah. around. Exactly. It well, makes yeah. much more sense for me to have that be the device that picks up my calls. And I'm really not running into this problem where I'm listening to music and I get a call. I mean, that happens so rarely. Well, that happens to me 
a little bit. Really? Actually. Like it happens on the to bus me sometimes. And stuff, especially on the bus. Like yes. I get text messages or if I get phone calls while I'm on the bus listening to my headphones because that's where what I do on my commute. Right. I do have to fumble into my bag to stop the iPod or I have to pull my headphones off. If I could just push a button that was like attached to my headphone wires that would say like mute call, mute mute music, answer phone kind of deal. Yeah. Then that would be perfect. Hmm. Interesting. For maybe me. it needs to be maybe it needs to just be that you have the be all end all Bluetooth headset and then your iPod has built in Bluetooth and so does your cell phone. And so it's all like this perfect triangular pairing. But then the, if it wouldn't know to stop the music, it would have to both yeah, devices well, it should, would have to yeah, speak to each other. Be one device, then. Yeah, it should be a feature of the, yeah. of the headset. I agree. Okay. That would be cool. That would be sweet. Invent it, Molly. <laughs> okay. Patent it at least. <laughs> so when someone else idea. invents it, you can get their money. Yeah. Uh, we have a uh, Natalie Portman video from Saturday Night Live, another brainchild of the Lonely Island folks, uh, running around the net and being chased just as fast by NBC. <laughs> It shows up on YouTube and then gets pulled down. Shows up on YouTube, gets pulled down. Shows up on YouTube, gets pulled down. And NBC is offering it on their site, saying, hey, it's great. Instead of searching all around the web for your NBC highlights, you can go to the source. Oh, whatever. We've ta- Here's the best line. We've taken your viral favorites and gathered them into <gasps> one convenient location. Oh, gross. You know what? It's not viral then. No, are you That's sorry? the point. Wait, I didn't even see this. Where was this? This is at the end of the Boing Boing posting about it. They've added an update with a comment from Robert K. Brown, uh, and then the link that goes out to the NBC where you can read the, uh, That's you know, the quote. That's unbelievable. They're basically like, yeah, we just don't want it to be as uh, popular. They, it's exactly the effect this is going to have. Yeah. They're, try, they're trying to say, oh, it was so popular with Lazy Sunday. What we'll do is we'll force everyone to watch it on our site. Well, the thing is, I mean, yeah, if everyone emails the link around to your site, great. That might be viral, but you're trying to force people to do it. And YouTube worked for that. YouTube, Google Video, there are all these ways of accessing the content. It became a huge hit. This one is somewhat of a huge hit, but it's awfully hard for you to watch it. Although you can, you just search and keep looking on the search results until you find one that hasn't been yanked down yet on YouTube, and you can watch it. Exactly. Well, and really, like... Narrowing the pipe, for one thing, as you said, just doesn't work. It's not going to work. And even if you think it's going to become a huge viral hit, your site's going to go down. And then the other thing is, now you've just engendered so much ill will that, you know what, I might watch this on the saved copy that I have on my TiVo, but I'm feeling kind of mad about it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm starting to think maybe those three Lonely Island dudes, they should quit and go back to the web because, you know what, you guys are working for the man. And it, they're 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 like ruining everything that the Lonely Island site was all about, which was like cool content on the web. I think NBC probably has servers enough to handle this. I think that's that's probably not an issue for them. Wow. But I don't think people are wanting to go to NBC.com. I think what's happened with Lazy Sunday is people just ran across it. They saw it on YouTube or they heard mm-hmm. about it and mm-hmm. went there. I don't right. think that people are going to just visit NBC.com to find what the latest viral hit is the no. way they visit Although, YouTube or Google Video. Even so, I'm sorry. If everybody who watched Lazy Sunday, if all of those people all tried to get to NBC to watch this, I'm sorry, no, they're going down. Why didn't YouTube go down? I don't know, because there were mirrors all over. Yeah, I, I mean, the well, other thing about kind of the a little more prepared. One, one thing, thing, one nice thing about being the man is that you have more resources to handle land rush like that. Yeah, but it's not like NBC cares so much about the web and has put tons of resources into their. I mean, I'm not. I just am not sure that they can handle that kind of onslaught. Well, good thing they're not boing boing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor boing boing. <laughs> poor boing. Uh, poor boing boing. My butt. Boing boing is like the perfectly wrong site for this to happen to because they've declared war 
Oh, yeah, this is mm-hmm. not a good idea. So there's a filtering software that is blocking Boing Boing because of nudity. <laughs> now, if you've ever been to Boing Boing, you'll realize that nudity is not what they do. No. no. What they do is they fight the EFF. They complain about things like what NBC is doing. They don't fight the EFF. Uh, I'm sorry, they fight for the EFF, <laughs> I should say. They fight with the EFF. Yes. Uh, and they, you know, they, they point out really cool, weird things on the Internet. They just do their thing. Uh, and maybe... Every so often, it might lead to something that might be slightly involving some sort of nudity. But this isn't a porn site. But this wasn't. It wasn't even like it was like art nudity. It was like yeah. you know tapestries or something like that. And the filter actually. The interesting thing was that when they wrote to um, Smart Filter, which is the company that is filtering for like major corporations and that kind of thing, they were like, "Oh well, that actually is right in our agreement that art." can be filtered if it has nudity, all sorts of things. It's oh, like, my... what? Are you kidding? Well, and that's what's so... That exactly right there is... Because what, what this whole story does is point out how it's just impossible to censor intelligently, and in some ways it's just not even worth it to try because you do find yourself in a situation where you say Michelangelo's David is unacceptable content. And this is that's exactly why when I talk about parental control and parental restrictions, that I can't help but oppose it because you find yourself in this slippery slope, mm-hmm. which we say, all, I know I say slippery slope all the time, but to the point where, you know, you are, you're talking about works of art. You're talking about legitimate nakedness, and that really is not a big deal. No. And you are, you, there's no way to intelligently do it. There's no way to have the human resources or the algorithmical resources to do this in any kind of smart way. Well, let's go ahead and read Disney Star's email then, because this fits right in. He says, regarding your recent podcast about MySpace.com, I am the father of 14 and 16-year-old girls. MySpace.com provides no support to protect my children from themselves. I have the computers in a common area, browse their sites about every other day, and I still have to lock up the digital camera to keep them from posting pictures of themselves in their underwear. (laughs) In many ways, MySpace.com has become the equivalent of an internet crack house for kids. Okay, so block MySpace. So if you want filters on your computers, put filters on your computers. I mean, it's your house. It's your family. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you, you're you never going to be able to stop people from doing what they want to do. Well, There's and it's always not, it ways should, to go around it. Yeah. It yeah. shouldn't necessarily be that. I mean, MySpace does allow users down to 14, so they, it's possible you could argue that they have some responsibility to put that in place. But but at some point, it it has to come down to either having a conversation with your exactly. kids about the results, the you know, the, the problems inherent with posting pictures of yourself in your underwear on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And or taking those steps your, yourself, like you said, at your house locally. Right. Like, I, I, I agree that young girls shouldn't be doing that. I'm not advocating it, you know, but right. I think there is definitely a, an, I don't know. And I think he's overreacting. It's, I mean, calling MySpace an Internet crack house just shows that the oh, well, person to- is upset about this. He's yeah. not ta- thinking about it rationally. Yeah. Well, it totally is a crack house. Yeah. actually that is true i do buy a lot of crack there oh yeah it's a great place to find uh videos of natalie portman on saturday night live and crack yeah and Uh, also crack let's move on to some voicemails we've got one from eric in canada hey tom molly and veronica this is eric your loyal canadian listener um i was listening to your podcast about abc putting their shows for free with uh commercials and i was just wondering if these shows would be ipod compatible and if so, could they still stop you from fast-forwarding through these commercials on your iPod? Secondly, Molly, I really enjoyed your comment about the kids of uh, today being smarter than most people. And although I believe that you are right, 
Um, you three are just as smart as any kid of today, although I do believe that someday kids will rule the world. Goodbye. And see, that's Aaron. why the filters won't work, because right. the kids are so smart. And thank you for saying we'll be as smart as kids. I know. Thank you. The thing is, if kids rule the world someday, um, then will they still be kids or will they have grown up? No, they'll get dumber as or they grow you up. Won't. That's what happens to us. Yeah. yeah. Well, believe yeah. me, I know. You can't keep up. <laughs> Move on to Scott from Salt Lake City. Uh, hey, guys. It's Scott from Salt Lake City again. I had a quick thought. Um, the other day, I would called and left a message with uh, GameSpot guys, who I think use your same microphones, and you guys aren't in there. Anyway, they um, the question to them was they they can't stand the term gamer and think it's uh, a demographic and it's derogatory and it's just a bunch of marketing hoo ha to call somebody a gamer. And um, I thought that was kind of odd because I think gamers call themselves gamers. I think anybody who plays games doesn't really have another title for themselves. They try to use things like player and other stupid things that I don't think were any good. And so my question is probably more for Veronica. You game, so are you a gamer? And if so, are you okay with that terminology, or do you feel like that's a label that a market is giving you? I would just be really curious to hear your answer. Thanks. Bye. Question to you, Veronica. Um, are you a gamer? I consider myself a gamer. You don't so mind the term? I don't mind the term. I've always called myself a gamer. I'm okay with that, I have to say. I think a gamer is a good thing. It's yeah. like, you know, in sports it's used as, hey, somebody goes out and gives a gamer. It's kind of like out the, there and gives it, it all. It's kind of like the Trekkie versus Trekker conversation, yeah. Yeah. which oh, I'm not going to get into right There now. are always going to be people who feel constrained by labels, but at some point we have to remember they're just descriptive nouns. For video gaming. And they, they really, <laughs> they help us. Descriptive nouns are a plus. All right. Next call from Simon in Australia. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Simon. I'm from Australia. I was, uh, this is your podcast making this call via Skype from a Singapore Airlines flight in Melbourne. It's amazing what technology can do today. See ya. Love the show. No. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good example oh. of technology, technology working Technology is us. wonderful, and yet it never wants to work the way we want it to. Yes, and that's why I sound kind of cruddy on my regular phone, for those of you who want to say, like, please use Skype when you call in from home. <laughs> yeah. Good on you, Simon. We'd rather have you sounding kind of bad, Molly, than dropping out. Exactly. All right, my favorite call of the day, Captain Paul Berenger from Chicago. Hey, gang, this is Captain Paul Berenger from Chicago, Illinois. I wanted to tell you that the cell phones on a plane segment was hysterical. However, on a more serious note, as an airline pilot, I can tell you absolutely 100% unequivocally that cell phones on a plane do cause interference with our navigation. Here's the story. I'm taxiing out for takeoff a couple months ago, and my first officer's cell phone rings. At the same exact moment, our attitude indicator, which is the instrument that keeps our airplane right side up, starts doing a Linda Blair. It's going all over the place, upside down, inside out. So anyway, every time his cell phone rang, the instrument went nuts. So there you go. Anytime you guys are on an airplane, the flight attendant says, put your instruments away, your electronics, do it. It could mean your life. Take care, y'all. You do a great job. Bye-bye. Wow. wow. Yeah. See, now that's awesome. So many of these stories never seem to interview pilots. <laughs> I know. Or people who actually know, like, technically what's going on there. Yeah, it's like, you know what, Paul? If you say so, okay. I, I am you. not touching a cell phone on an airplane. Okay, thanks. Fact, from now on, I'm going to, like, turn it off before I even get onto the jetway. Let's, <laughs> o- let's open it up to other pilots, you know. Has yeah. anybody got a, a contrarian Flight view? attendants. Guys, I sure haven't heard one. Yeah. The only thing I've ever heard from pilots is similar to what, uh, Paul is saying here. There was a guy sitting next to me on a flight recently, 
and he was on his cell phone as the plane was taxiing to pull out, just like he's talking about. And the flight attendant came over and was like, sir, could you please put away your cell phone? The guy ignored him and continued talking on his cell phone. And then the flight attendant was like, excuse me, sir, can you please get off of your cell phone? And the guy continued to ignore him. For at least another 30 seconds until finally he was like, all right, I'm getting off. I'm getting off. He continued to ignore him. Dude, they, you can get thrown off the plane and put in jail. It got to the and point where the flight attendant was like, okay, he's like, I'm sorry, but, you know, please don't ignore me when I'm trying to give you like a safety measure. You can at least have the decency to like, you know, <laughs> recognize that I'm speaking to you. Acknowledge. Me, yeah. That's the yeah. word I was going for. I forget words sometimes. Um, wow. Because you're getting older. Yeah. It's because my brain, you know, I'm not <laughs> people, a kid anymore. People are horrible. <laughs> It was the same I, thing I as the movie. I could not believe it. Wow. Let's so hear, don't do that. Let's hear a little bit about origami from Daniel. Good morning, Tom, Molly, Veronica. Uh, let's see, who did I forget? Earthling guy, anything is possible. Snakes and also Gubuntu. This is Daniel. I am your trio representative. Not that I work for trio, I just like to talk about them. Uh, Molly, I was thinking about what you said as far as the origami having some sort of either built-in Wi-Fi or EVDO or, or something so that you can have voice on it. Do you really want to hold up a portable media player thing to your face, something that, that that is that large? I thought about it, and if it had Bluetooth or something, maybe, but you know what would be really good? If it had a jack for a headset, like a you know you use at your work desk, your desk for your origami. Okay? That's it, guys. Thanks. Bye. Well... <laughs> I think Daniel. I think Daniel you might be missing my point a little bit which is that not that I want the origami to be a phone but it's that if I want convergence devices they are seem to be most successful if they are phone based. I think it has a headset too. And also yeah I think it probably has a And it has headset. Wi-Fi. I think it has a jack. Yeah. 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 And also it doesn't really even exist yet so we don't really know. No, and I, I totally say, saw the commercial. Didn't you see the commercial? Yeah, and I didn't say it has built-in Wi or I want it to have built-in Wi-Fi which I should hope it has. Which it does. Yeah, I think it should be a phone. I think if you're going to build a cool do it all convergence device it should start with the phone. And go from there, like trio. You know, I ha- actually have to say that I'm pretty okay with the design for origami. Like, I have a PDA, and I find I can't really work on my PDA the way I would want to. Like, yeah, you can look at documents, but I'm not doing work on it. Yeah. And a lot of tablet PCs that are out are just still too big to co- to tote around with you and pull out the way that um, you have to go to the forums to follow the links to the actual commercial mm-hmm. that is, I'm almost positive, is authentic. It's way too well produced to not be authentic. Oh, see, I don't think it's authentic, but I think it's an ad agency pick. Okay, that's possible, but still. But even so, yeah. And it's so, not it's just still made up by some guy in a basement. Not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not like the iPod video thing. Um, I think it actually is just about the right size to be portable enough to carry around and to still be functional. Well, and actually, if it had um, cell phone technology built in and had Bluetooth, mm-hmm. then that would be pretty sweet. Just that would be with cool. A Bluetooth headset. And you could still Skype on it, too. Yeah. You know, you could still use Skype or Gizmo or any other VoIP product on yeah. it if it has Wi-Fi. Like, that would still work if you had good reception. Very true. So, I, you know, I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing what this thing is going to be when it comes out. And we get all the specs and everything. I, I wouldn't, you know, I think it's kind of cool. Wow. I said it. I think it sounds kind of cool. I, wow. Microsoft product. Woo. Dishy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, correction posted in the forums, which is a great place for corrections. Mikichi79 uh, pointed out that we mentioned CBS and Viacom in the same breath as being part of the same co- tr- company, which they were until January 1st. 
when CBS and Viacom were split to increase shareholder value. Uh, and so some of the CBS networks went with CBS. Some of them stayed with Viacom. MTV stayed with Viacom. So MTV doing something that makes sense and CBS not, not such a big surprise after all, as yeah. they are still they are now two separate companies. Now that makes much more sense. All right, and then we've got an email from uh, Benjamin Stein, and he posted a Flickr photo on our group photo page. of um, It's a mosaic of all different pictures from people on the Frapper map, and it's really cool, but we didn't see it before the contest was over, so we just wanted to give a shout-out to Benjamin for his lovely Flickr mosaic for of us, and speaking of, of users. Speaking users. of the Frapper map, if uh, you want to post your flag on the map, go to frappr.com slash buzzoutloud. It's sort of slowed down lately. Yeah. Although yeah. Mike Knoll from Issaquah says, I'm not 100% sure anything is possible in his, <laughs> in his shout out. I don't Good know what point. he means by that. Okay. Uh, if you want to keep abreast of the rest of the day's news, check our sister site at news.com for updates throughout the day on what's happening in the tech world. Also, Molly appeared on This Week in Tech podcast on Yay. Friday. That's available now if you want to hear her take on all the boys. I think Leo kind of stacked the deck against you. He said it was only going to be four people and he kept adding men. Man, it was like six dudes and me. Molly held her own. Oh, she did. Like, she owned it. Tom and I were there. A bunch of people were there. In fact, when when he announces your name, you hear me in the background go, "Woo!" I know. There was like yeah, we were clapping for real. We so were clapping. Thank we were you. we were stoking the audience. See, I only felt comfortable because you guys were there. Aww. Aww. Also, um, new Buzz Report today on the iTunes. Thanks to Miss Veronica. You're welcome. Buzz Report video. <laughs> subscribe. Go to podcast.cnet.com to find out how. And you can subscribe to our newsletter, which is also linked there. Look for the word newsletter in the podcast description. That's it. Give us a call. 1-800-616-CNET. Email us, buzz at cnet.com. Or post in the forums, forums.cnet.com. Look for the Buzz Out Loud Lounge. Bye. Bye.